On today's show, is Donovan Mitchell a legit MVP candidate? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Welcome in. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerel. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for his work on production. So, Evan, Donovan Mitchell was asked the other night about his place in the MVP race, why he's not in it. Darius Garland and others were asked about it as well. So I ask you this. Should Donovan Mitchell be, in your opinion, in the MVP race? No, he shouldn't. Um, well, and for the, for the show's sake, yes, but I have a better candidate to nominate right now that Chris wasn't aware of um, because uh, I was thinking about this as we talked about it. Uh, I, I'd like to uh, nominate Kyle Kuzma for MVP consideration because instead of running from the grind, he embraced it because the Dallas Mavericks apparently had a trade on the table for him and he turned it down because he wanted to keep doing what he's doing in Washington. But in all seriousness... Yeah, Donovan Mitchell should be in the race. I don't think he should be like a top three finalist or anything like that. And I think that's more not a blemish or knock against how Mitchell's played this season. He's been phenomenal for Cleveland, but just more so puts in perspective how talented the league is across the board that there could be three to four to, depending on how you feel, 10 guys that could make a more solid case, a more compelling argument. I think he just has to be in the race just flat out and now we'll get into like where we would exactly put him no no but no he comment had, on on my Kyle Kuzma nomination I'm just ignoring that we we went if I'm being honest with you I the listen, last the, I don't want to talk about the Wizards people can go listen to Locked on Wizards I don't need to talk about Jordan Poole and that sad sack of a franchise we're we're good they're they're good no one they're gonna they're moving to Virginia it's weird Donovan Mitchell is having a better season than he did last year when he was playing the best basketball of his career. He's fourth in the league in scoring. He leads the Cavs in assists. He is averaging career high in turnovers, career highs in rebounds and steals. He is navig- he's been the main reason they are second place in the East and navigated all these injuries. He is flat out just playing the best basketball he has ever played. Again, leveled up from a year ago. And he's been one of the best players in the league. If you just if you look at just analytics as, you know, there's different numbers you can pull, whatever. Expected wins. Here's the, the, the leaders in expected wins on the year from Dunks and Threes. SGA, Giannis, Luka, Jokic, Embiid, Brunson, Kawhi, Mitchell. He's eighth. You go to um, expected plus minus, it's Embiid, SGA, Giannis, Luka, Jokic, Mitchell. He's sixth in that. He's flat out just been one of the 10 best players in the league this year. How high you have him, I think, is very much open to debate, and I think there's a ceiling on it. But he absolutely has to be, and, and I think people acknowledging how good he's been, he, he should at least, like, if, he's, if he doesn't get top five votes into the year, wouldn't be shocked, but he should be getting some consideration here and some love in this conversation for how good he's been and how good the Cavs have been on top of that. Well, now that you mentioned that, I am curious to see uh, how the MVP voting went last year overall and see how many votes he actually got. Um, 
He finished sixth in MVP voting last year. Um, so they don't have like the actual like first place, second place, et cetera, with Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, and Shea finishing ahead of him. But um, I, I agree with you. Like maybe he is in that five, six range. Maybe he is the odd one out in terms of the top three because the NBA is doing like the top three finalists for the award and an award show type jam now. But I, yeah, there's a case for Mitchell for sure. Like statistically speaking, he's matching his production scoring wise from last year. Uh, career high in assists, career high in rebounds, I believe steals and blocks. Uh, he's hyper efficient. Yeah. He has been heliocentric to everything the Cavs are doing offensively. And the Cavs, given the context of the situation, there's no Darius Garland or Evan Mobley. This complete lineups played less than 250 minutes together um, all season long. But Mitchell's been heliocentric to all of this. Sure, he has missed a handful of games because of hamstring stuff at the start of the season or just maybe some slight aches and pains every now and then if the Cavs can afford to rest him. But he has consistently brought it every single night. And that at least alone should put you in the conversation. And uh, I'm curious. I don't know. It's an interesting debate just because like Darius Garland made a quip that people aren't watching the Cavs either. And I would say that the voters at the end of the day are at least aware of what Cleveland's doing. I think they're getting a lot of love and praise on national shows. The very, if you are a regular listener to the show, you know, I don't listen to anything basketball outside of Chris and I's conversations five times a week. Um, but I, I tuned in a little bit and I noticed that like, people are talking about Mitchell. Maybe it's not to the level that you're getting with like Jokic or Antetokounmpo, um, but, or even Tatum, because Tatum at least has the playoff pedigree in an NBA Finals appearance. But I do think about Mitchell's comment quite a bit where it, it does seem unfair, but everything you accomplish in the regular season is kind of crystallized in the postseason. And yeah, the votes happen to come in pretty soon after. Um, the first round, I believe, or at least close to the end of the season. But either way, um, if people know like you laid an egg the season before and they kind of feel like you're about to do it again, or maybe they're just kind of, you know, saying these guys that made a finals run last year or won a championship in Jokic's case, Jokic's case um, th- that's a bit more of a compelling argument when weighting that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's unfair when looking at how like much you accomplish in the regular season, but it, it doesn't add up to much. Um outside of that and maybe that's just uh, an award situation they announced an MVP of the playoffs and the regular season that does get muddy, muddy with the finals MVP but um, yeah, I don't know I, I could realistically see Mitchell though long story short like finishing outside of the top three again this year but that's just not again a knock against him it's more so the fact that the league is just really talented across the board well and, and I think just he was asked about the Knicks like what? Why he's not in there? And he said, he said, "Quote: I mean, frankly, I think it's just based off last year's playoff performance." Mitchell said that, and and look, I do. Is that exactly fair? Like you said, no. But as much as people get annoyed about narrative and things, like there are stories behind every single fiber of these. And if the story, like if you want to compare him to Brunson as like a direct point of comparison. There's a story about Brunson ascending and him carrying that Knicks team and and scoring 31 in the second in, in in a game in the playoffs the second round or whatever that Mitchell just doesn't have at this current moment. And Mitchell's had two straight playoff duds. There is just a different story you can tell vis-a-vis Mitchell and these other guys and 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 probably there is some cab skepticism. Like that that plays a part in this. I think ultimately where I would guess this goes is I think if they keep winning, I, I think ultimately where this ends up though, 
if they keep winning like this, if they get the two seed and they get maybe a little closer to Boston, but they're like well above 50 wins and just absolutely kill the rest of the way the way they have been, Mitchell is and Mitchell plays like this still, he will be too good and the team will be too good for him not to be in the bigger conversations we have about this. That's going to put him not only in the MVP conversation, but all NBA converse, all NBA conversation again. There's a very clear trajectory where he just should be in in your conversation for MVP, even if he ultimately doesn't finish top three or nothing like that. And to your point, and I, I think this is to me the best thing you said, like the the talent at the top of the league right now is just stupidly good. Yeah. For him to it 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 is obviously like you want to get to the highest level possible. Mm-hmm. But to be in the conversation with this many good guys and to say, like, I'm, this has been one of the 10 best players in the league this year, that in itself tells you how darn good Donovan Mitchell has been. Yeah, and for people who want to say, like, oh, it's big market bias when it comes to guys like Brunson, I wouldn't get too far ahead of that. Like, Denver's a big city, but not a major market in terms of basketball. Oklahoma City definitely isn't Shea's two on the latest NBA.com ladder. Milwaukee is roughly the same size as Cleveland, if not smaller. Um, and Giannis is three on the list. Dallas is like the first major metropolitan city in the top five for the NBA ladder. And then Boston is with Jason Tatum is fifth. Like there's not the small market bias. Like that doesn't exist anymore when it comes to this voting. And like Chris and I just hit on and Chris just hit on a few seconds ago, like it's just this, this league is insanely talented and it's in such a good spot that you could really make a compelling argument for any of the guys in the top 10. And I, I think Mitchell is uh, always the Padawan and never the Jedi in this situation and just kind of be on the outside looking in. So coming, yeah, coming up after this, the Cavs, I think I will make the point, make the argument that they set up Mitchell for success. And he also got an opportunity to be the featured guy in a big way due to some injuries. We'll talk about how that opened the door for him to be in the, in the MVP race for the level he's playing at after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Hungry Root. Hungry Root is your partner in healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, like what you like like to eat, kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. They're entirely customizable. They pick everything based on your personal tastes. It's awesome. Evan, you of the two of us. I tried Hungry Root. Yeah. Tell us about it. Uh, It's pretty neat, actually. So... Instead of like, you know, normal meal delivery kits, Hungry Root's a little bit more consolidated and mindful for those who are a little bit more on the go, maybe are working a nine to five and coming home and don't feel like doing a bunch of meal prep. They do a lot of the prep work for you. And also it's just really healthy. It's low carb. You can kind of list on the website. You take like a bit of a preliminary quiz to share like what your interests are and what your hopes are, whether it's, you know, losing weight your cholesterol, uh, increasing your protein intake, lowering your carbohydrate intake, like they cater a lot of things to that. And the nice thing is with the promo code that Chris is about to share with you, like we, you get a really good deal. Like you can get breakfast, lunch, and dinner covered for about a week or so if you're a household of two to three adults. And you also get snacks and things like that too, just to kind of sprinkle throughout the week. And it's a really nice thing. My wife and I really enjoyed um, our experience with Hungry Root and we're looking forward for our next box. 
Save hours planning, shopping, and cooking. Hungerroot delivers the food you'll love. Right now, Hungerroot is offering Locked On NBA Channel Wednesday listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to Hungerroot.com slash Locked On to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's Hungerroot.com slash Locked On. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you. So I mean, I would I would make this point too for Mitchell in something that I think that when the Cavs at media day all the way back in September, which feels like nine years ago, made the point and told us and Kobe Altman said a bunch that all the moves they made were to improve the offense and to improve the way the team performed based on how they lost in the playoffs. To me, that is also about they went and got pieces that fit Donovan Mitchell and allowed Donovan Mitchell to be the best version, most comfortable version of himself. Not only is he in his prime, and they're trying to maximize a guy in his prime, but I think Niang, I think Struess, I think even Sam Merrill getting some run when all the injuries are coming out and getting a chance to prove himself, that was all in service of Mitchell. Yeah, Um it's it's exactly what it was in terms of servicing, just like making Mitchell happier, also just kind of giving him the best basketball situation for him personally. Um, Donovan made it very clear from the opening moments of media day, like, hey, he is going to entertain a possible extension with the Cavs um, this upcoming offseason at the earliest, and he wants to weigh his options on what's best for him professionally. And, you know, personally, that plays a factor too, but at least professionally, the Cavs did make moves this summer to... Brings some of the sameness maybe he found with Utah, uh, just in terms of just perimeter shooting, giving him more spacing to be a drive and kick option or for him to work within the pick and roll or just give him spacing in general to attack the basket. And as I mentioned the first segment, like this offense is heliocentric to what Mitchell kind of is best at. And like Darius Garland included, like he is a huge level up from whatever Mitchell's played with at this point, whether it's Ricky Rubio, Mike Conley, um, Dante Exxon for a hot second too, but that's part of it. But yeah, um, Kobe Altman just made it explicitly clear. Like Donovan's done more for the Cavs to say like, yeah, we want to sign you to an extension forever. How long that may be. But um, Altman did make it clear. Like it's also on the Cavs to do what they can to show Mitchell that like, yeah, this is worth committing the remainder of your prime to, and maybe even finishing your NBA career with, if you know, all things work out the way you hope they do. But the first step is tro- showing to him that you are committed and being aggressive and building an actual like playoff threat because I'll circle back to the end of last season. Like the, the most human moment I've ever seen with Donovan Mitchells. And he's like, he just opened up to the media and said, he's sick and tired of saying, I'll see you guys next year after a first or second round exit. Like he wants to play meaningful late season basketball and the Cavs uh, assumedly already were taking that to heart, but you know, you can you can tell like hey message received like the Cavs went out this summer and made a lot of moves to accentuate Mitchell's strengths and sure the Tyjer Rome signing was a miss but other than that like the Struess and Yang additions have been great uh, so so has been the revelation of Sam Merrill too like the, the Cavs have been cooking a little bit front office wise just to kind of play to Mitchell's strengths and you know the market's kind of falling in their favor for a possible long-term deal but yeah like the, the Cavs are tailor fit to how he want, functions offensively and we're seeing career numbers across the board because of it how much do you think the way he played the the burden he took on while there were all these injuries 
and while they were without Garland, without Mobley, and how he, on top of Jared Allen, on top of everything else, kept them and really accelerated their season. How much do you think that should factor into his candidacy? I think it should. I, I think it can't be understated how good the Cavs were um, without Garland and Mobley out there. I think it's easy to kind of miss the forest of the trees when the fact that they still had Mitchell and Allen on their roster despite that. But yeah, um, that should be taken into consideration just because you're seeing him level up and be a winning player and lead through what he says and also how he acts on the floor like we're recording this before Cleveland plays Chicago, which we don't have much to talk about. That's why we're talking about that game. That's why we're talking about Donovan Mitchell as an MVP candidate. Um, and uh, he kind of put the team on blast saying like, hey, we got, can't get too comfortable with being good. Like we have to be consistently hungry and fighting for that. Like he has led this team both on and off the court and they've responded well to it. Like there's no tuning out or anything like that. And like, yeah, J.B. Bickerstaff's coached his tail off from the sidelines, setting this team up for success. But Again, Mitchell's been at the center of it all on either end of the floor and has really stepped up his game, and I definitely think that should be taken into consideration. Do you? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, I I think that's one of the more impressive things any NBA player has done this entire season is the way he leveled up, accepted the burden, accepted the responsibility. That that is, again, we have made this point a bunch here on the show, but their season could have floundered right then and there had Mitchell... One a different way, or things just break a different way. What? Timeout. According to the Athletic Shams Tarania, the Cleveland Cavaliers are signing two-way guard Craig Porter Jr. to a new four-year contract. His agent Ryan Straining told the Athletic slash Stadium, a Porter, a 23-year-old undrafted success story, is averaging 6.5 points and 2.8 assists as part of the Cavs rotation as a rookie. So, Craig Porter Jr., congratulations! You are now so, a permanent member of the Cavaliers. Here's what we're gonna do. Reacting live, we're going to pivot into a break here. We're going to come back. We're going to do our MVP poll, just list out where we would actually have guys right now, and then we'll talk about Porter Jr. and him getting a four-year deal. We'll talk about that up next. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rafts, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, so MVP ballots, Evan. Where would you have Mitchell on your ballot if you were to have a ballot? If you were to just rank your MVP candidates, where would, where would he go for you? Five or six, I think. Uh, with Nikola Jokic winning, I think it's just by and far he's the MVP in my eyes at this point in the season. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander second, Jason Tatum third, Giannis Antetokounmpo fourth, with a toss up to possibly like a surprise appearance from just another player. But like Mitchell is going to be on the outside looking in, unfortunately, because how talented the rest of the league is. What about you? I this would be my my ballot. Jokic one, 
SGA is a close two. I think you're underrating a little bit how good he's been this year. Um, that guy I'm, is just I'm, phenomenal. He's that been team is phenomenal. Awesome. That team's phenomenal. But just like the, the stuff Jokic does is just like, you know what? You're not a real human. Yeah, I, I just kind of think that about SGA. As I think about a lot of guys on this, but SGA is in there. Yeah, I'd be honest. Okay, three, if you're in the top yeah. 10 in MVP consideration, a lot of stuff you do on the court is not human. Let's, let's yeah, I think yeah. that's fair like, to say. These are the best athletes in the world. Giannis is three, even that's disappointing to you, but he's having a great year. I would have Kawhi four. Mm. I would have Luka five. I would have Tatum six, and I would have Mitchell seven. That would be my list. And I think Mitchell could break into that top five. I have him ahead of Brunson. Um, Brunson is is ahead of him in the latest ESPN trouble from Tim Bonteps. I think they're. I understand that argument. I, I, I don't quite. I don't think the. I maybe it's just to go back to the playoff thing. Kind of goes back to that. But I think the 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 gap in the betting odds for the title, and then some of the MVP stuff with Brunson and Mitchell and the Cavs and the Knicks is a little bit out of whack based on the, the actual basketball this year. But I I would have Mitchell seventh right now. And again, that is. Like he's having the seventh best season of any player in the league. That's incredible. That's nothing to be yeah. seen. It's just like the talent at the upper and upper echelon of the league is just absurd. Yeah. Um, no, it's just it's absolutely absurd how talented I, the Kawhi pick's interesting to me. I think he has been playing very very well. Um, I wonder. I mean, knock on wood, if the injury clause comes up against him like it did for Embiid, but. He has had a uh, clean bill of health, so for the most part this season. So we'll, we'll see how it finishes out. But the Leonard one is an interesting pick, and I think a good shout too, just because at least for me, watching him play, like you do forget how really, really good Kawhi Leonard is when he is at 100% strength versus kind of like the the weirdish song and dance we've been doing, like between his time at the end of Toronto to now. He's only missed four games. Pretty great year for, for Kawhi. All right, Craig Porter Jr. Evan, what's your instant reaction now that you've had like a minute and a half, two minutes to process it? What's your reaction to the Cavs signing Craig Porter Jr. to a multi-year deal, which I I just can only assume is a is a uh, Kobe Altman special with some non-guarantees in the back, and that just yep. feels like yeah. it feels a, like a lock. It's a hair below $3 million, so they aren't in the luxury tax threshold. Let's just put that there. But... um. Good for Craig Porter Jr. I think it's just always awesome to see guys who are overlooked. Um, and he was a UDFA. He, as I said, like overlooked. He went undrafted. He signed to the Cavs in Summer League. Played really well during Summer League. Enough to earn a two-way contract with the Cavs alongside Imani Bates and Isaiah Mobley. Um, and then you look to how well he's played in some pretty high-intensity moments without either Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland. Like You, you can think about him driving at Joel Embiid in overtime against the Sixers to lead the Cavs to victory or some of the stuff he was doing against the Nuggets. And he fully admitted, like, hey, I no one expected this, myself included. Like, it's just been a fun story. And I think, you know, credit where credit's due to Cleveland's scouting department. They found a guy that could be developed into a mold of a player that um, could serve as, like, that permanent option as the reserve guard behind Darius Garland going forward. And you love to see a guy secure a much bigger pay rise <clears throat> raise, excuse me, compared to what he was making um, before that honest two-way deal. And also I would keep an eye on Zayer Smith as the two-way guy that takes Porter's spot. I think for Porter Jr., this is right. I mean, this is number one being signaled for a long time. 
that this is like not new reporting that like it's new reporting in that he got the actual contract. It's been signaled for a while that they were basically just like waiting to do it for capitalism reasons and like salary cap reasons. Like that's just kind of the the the, the trick with him. There's certainly a lot of development to come. There's a reason he doesn't play right now. He is going to be here for depth, but he is poised. He has a good frame. Needs to learn how to shoot. Um, but I, I think if you needed to play him some minutes, you'd be okay with it. Maybe not in the playoffs, but I, th- I think in other aspects of it, he is going to be ready to go if you need him to, and, and that is that is something. And I think that is he's proven his value in a real way as kind of a funky player. And, and another guy that the Cavs have found and is a little bit of an older prospect through an unconventional path and and has worked. I and I I the last two way slot with um it being Smith would be like the smart play to me of the options you have. If if that's where it ultimately goes. And you say, okay, we have Craig Porter Jr. We put the roster to 14 permanently. We have another two way slot to use. Who should it be? Smith to me versus Pete Nance, Sharif Cooper. That that's the option, especially if they like the look they get at him up close while he's on a ten day. Certainly not going to play a lot. Certainly there's two games and not like and then the All Star break, so it's not exactly the longest stretch. But he's been with the Charge. They talked to Mike Garrity, the the coach down there. Like it's an, it's a cohesive organization. He's nearby. I think that would be the logical way to go to replace him. But it's, as far as Craig Porter goes, I think. We'll see what the exact figures are going to be and, and what it looks like with all the non-guarantees and stuff, but this is like a four-year deal that's probably very low cost for a guy you like and a guy that was pretty solid for you when he had to play this year on a two-way. That's not a bad bit of That's not a bad bit of business. No, and you know, credit courtesy to Craig Porter Jr. Again, went undrafted, was overlooked. He's an older prospect with some pretty you know, legitimate flaws to his game, just mostly perimeter shooting, I'd say, but worked his butt off to get into the situation, got his foot in the door by playing hard and earning minutes in J.B. Vickers' staff's rotation whenever they had to call his number, and just kind of fits that mold of Lamar Stevens-type player where you know what you're going to get with him when you call in his number, um, and he's going to be consistent when he does it, and the Cavs are very much an organization in the past who reward players for doing that and kind of being that type of guy and you know it's just it's just nice to see a guy who went undrafted now gets to live out his dream and not worry about like job security or what my next paycheck is going to be just because of the fluidity and certainty that can come with two day two ways and um just the g league in general the other thing too is just um when you're if you're a team like the Cavs, and you're building out your cap for the future and planning all that out, getting a guy who's not going to cost a lot for you against the cap on a multi-year deal is also just like smart physical business at a position where you can probably afford to spend a little bit less than you than you want to elsewhere. Um, if you're looking at a Coros contract or and you're already paying Mitchell and Garland lots of money, a cheap backup point guard who you like enough to play when you need to, so that's a smart bit of business in my mind. All right, we're yeah, going to end yeah. there. I'm Chris. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. And just one last note. Uh, five public access games for Cavs fans. Oh, uh, yeah. We March. forgot about this. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the Cavs also, busy day. Somehow, the NBA just like never has like a normal day. So, As the Cavs. Mark Stein and Chris Haynes appropriately titled their podcast, hashtag this league. This league. So, the Cavs will have four games this year. 
on Cleveland CW WUAB 43. Um, that's in partnership with Great Television. Yeah, five games. What did I say? Did I say three? Did I say four? Five. Five games. Celtics on March 5th. The Wolves on March 8th. The Philadelphia 76ers on March 29th. At the Lakers on April 6th. And at the Clippers on April 7th. Not a ton for us to say. They are now another one of the teams in addition to the Jazz and the Hawks and the Suns, I believe, to put their games on some sort of free access. The team says this will give up 4.9 million households to see the team free of cost. I think, Evan, just it's also to me notable, just again, business-wise, if I put my business boy cap on. Celtics, Wolves, 76ers, Lakers, Clippers. That is five named teams, five good teams. I think that that's very intentional in all of this. The fact that LeBron James versus the Cavs is on free TV is intentional. Can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, no, it's intentional for sure. I think it helps introduce more fans to it. It is interesting that the games will not be broadcast on Bally Sports or Bally Sports Plus, so it makes it a little bit of muddy for fans outside of the market unless you use League Pass or something like that. But uh, I think those people the, are already out of the market using League Pass. So, like you aren't using Bally if you don't well, have to. Well, some people may like prefer to use Bally Sports because like if they live in like let's say Columbus or Cincinnati or something like that, they may not get the sure. Yeah, the blackout affiliates. Yeah, so. But things, regardless, um, this is a cool opportunity. I think it is something worth exploring. Um, if the money is there, like we know Bally's is likely transitioning to an Amazon Prime affiliate, maybe next NBA season at the earliest. We'll see what happens with baseball. It's going to be the test subject for this. But yeah, this could make it a lot more accessible just because if, I, I, mostly everyone has an Amazon Prime membership at this point. But if in the event you don't and you have the ability to watch games if you have rabbit ears or the ability to tune into it through uh direct broadcasting just through um actual tv rate signals instead of just through the internet or complicated streaming services this is a good way to do it and it's just you know like you said good games to kind of do this test run with especially maybe get a full gauge of the market like if we're tuning in and it's marquee opponents it's, that's encouraging going forward but if they're not tuning in and it's marquee opponents it allows you to reevaluate um things going forward it's good when t- things that are ostensibly civic goods are made accessible to people would be my point, I think, ultimately. Like, not like, you're already going to make a bunch of money. I think you can, it's cool that they're, you know, maybe just, like, make things more affordable for people. And this is at least, like, a way to get some low-income people watching your games and, yeah. and hopefully, you know, they don't want to pay for bad. Like, that, to me, is the most important part of this. Especially with the cost of, like, ticket prices being so obscene for fans anymore um and like it is not just like the tickets it's the food the parking gas everything else it's it's a lot so being able to make it more affordable and accessible to fans is always uh an a1 day one a plus for me we're gonna end there i'm chris manning that's evan damerel thanks again to jake stevens as always back at you after Cavs bulls we'll talk to you then